Let me pray for us as we begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we give you thanks for the light that has entered this world into our darkness. Lord, would Jesus transform our hearts? Will we be transformed by the light of Christ so that we might share that light with others? Amen. Well, I saw several of you in costume tonight, and I just want to highlight how good you all look in your costumes. It's amazing. Um, So how many of you dressed up as Mary? One Mary. Excellent. Good. Let us see it. How many of you were Joseph today? Any Josephs? We got two Josephs. Excellent. Can we see you? Great. Thanks. Misha and Peter. Great job. And then how many of you are animals today? Can you stand up? Can we see all the animals? We got a full manger today. That's great. Um, and, and did I? Oh, I left out angels. Do we have any angels today? Oh, there's an angel. I thought I, thought, I didn't realize that Joseph. I mean, I guess he did have a halo uh, eventually. But uh, yeah, so great. So we've got angels. We've got Joseph. We've got Mary. We've got everybody. You guys look so great. Thank you for dressing up today. And I would love for you who are dressed up to help me out with something. Uh, today, I'm going to talk about the Christmas story over the next few minutes. And when I raise a finger like this and I mention the person or the animal that you're dressed as, I want to invite you to just pop up where you are and then pop back down because I want to, you know, we want to see the Marys. We want to see the angels. And so, you know, when I, so we'll practice this. Then Mary and Joseph. Good. Okay. And then the angels. Great. And then the animals. Okay, great. You guys got it. Okay. You're tracking. Thanks for helping me uh, tell this story. So we find ourselves in the height of Caesar Augustus's reign. Nobody dressed up as Caesar Augustus? No. Um, So we're we're in the height of Caesar Augustus's reign. He's the Roman emperor this time. And and he had declared his dad to be God, uh, divine, making himself actually a son of God. And there were people who worshipped the emperor like a god back then. And so it wasn't lost on St. Luke's audience when St. Luke was writing to them, reminding them that the decree of Caesar Augustus was going out, that a census would be taken. But then we go from the census and we zoom in. Imagine a camera, if we're watching a movie, zooming in on Joseph and Mary. The camera just zoomed in on Joseph and Mary. All right, great. This couple that was betrothed to be married, living in Nazareth, in Galilee. We were told in the last chapter that the angel Gabriel had come to Mary, this young woman, and that the Holy Spirit would come upon her, overshadow her. The power of the Most High would overshadow her and that a child would be born to her that would be called Holy, the Son of God. Here in in chapter 2, we find Mary and Joseph again at this point that she's going to give birth at any day. They make the trip to Bethlehem to be counted, which is probably where their families were from. And that journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem would have only been a few days walk. But... Keep in mind, this is like well past the time that any doctor would say you're allowed to travel. She's well, well into her ninth month. And so they make this travel, this this journey. And I am sure that she is thinking, well, let's just get down there, register. Let's get back because I want to have this baby at home. But they arrive in Bethlehem and wherever weary travelers stay, 
There, and they showed up there. There was no room for them there. There was somebody who offered them space, but unfortunately that space was in somebody's house where the animals were kept. Animals? Any animals in here? Great. It's where the animals were kept. The verses just say, in fact, they say, she gave birth to her son, Jesus. Do we have any Jesuses today? No, all right. Well, she gave birth to her son, Jesus, and then wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger. And I'm sure that as she was discussing her birth plan with Joseph, that was not in it. So the fact that it's so terse is really interesting. When St. Luke writes this, he just kind of lays out the facts. She wrapped him in swaddling cloths, laid him in a manger. And what that shows is that he wants us to really focus on what's about to happen next. So shortly after the birth of Jesus, we have a scene change. And then we're brought into the countryside of Bethlehem, where there are shepherds. No shepherds today? That's all right. There are shepherds out watching their flocks by night. It says that the angel of the Lord came to the shepherds, that the glory of God shone around them. And he said that this day, the Messiah was born, that Israel was anticipating he was born in the city of David, which was a reference to Bethlehem, which is where David was from. Then the angelic choirs, you get to be the angelic choirs, all of them, great. The angelic choirs, they join this angel and they are praising God, saying glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom God is pleased. The day of the Lord has come that all the prophets of the Old Testament we're looking forward to. A new day was dawning, and the light of the world is here. And so the shepherds have to go and see this child, Jesus. And they make their way to Bethlehem, where Jesus was born. These shepherds who were complete strangers to Mary and Joseph, they didn't know these people, remember. They make their way in. And in verse 18, there's this little phrase, all who heard it. Which probably means that there was, just, there was more than just Joseph, Mary, and Jesus in that scene. You know, it was their hometown, so maybe they had extended family who came to see the baby. Maybe they had the people that owned the house coming to make sure everything was okay. But we don't know who was in there, but we can imagine how strange it would have been for all who were surrounding this baby uh, to be there when all of a sudden three strange shepherds just barge into the room after she's given birth and they start talking about angels that they've been seeing in the fields. It's a pretty strange scene. Uh, and then they declare to him that Christ is the Lord. That's what they heard from the angels. He's the hope of Israel and he's the hope of the nations. And I'm sure the people in the room were probably wondering, you know, where's security at this point? Um, but then what we have is this really interesting thing. The camera zooms into the Virgin Mary in verse 19. And it says that she treasured up these words. She stored up all these things, pondering them in her heart. She didn't look around and tell everybody, hey, listen, yeah, this is right. Actually, the angel Gabriel told me this beforehand. Um, in her humility and in her trust, she stored up those things in her heart and allowed God to unfold his plan in his time. And that would be a token to her, a sign, a gesture of God's goodness, probably both to her and to Joseph, that what God promised he was going to do. And there are times when, like the shepherds, 
we have to we get to glimpse into the glorious, wondrous works of God and see his love. And then we're compelled to search for Jesus and to declare him where he's found. Then there are times like Mary where we're waiting for God's promises to be revealed. And so we sit and we treasure up tokens of God's goodness and we ponder, pondering and proclaiming both aspects of the gospel in this. They work together. The one who was born was laid in a manger. He's the light of the world in whom the heavens and the earth rejoice. It's a mystery that's to be shared, but it's also a mystery that's supposed to be adored. He was born to deliver, to set God's people free. That process was going to take several decades as he grew up and grew in obedience to God's will. And then eventually when he was betrayed to authorities, unjustly crucified, rose from the dead, and then ascended to God's right hand. And that was God's plan from all along. It was before creation that this plan was set forth. Jesus was eternally begotten of the Father, eternally pre-existing his incarnation. He would be born of a woman to rescue God's people from sin and from death. There's this beautiful painting I've seen. There's probably multiple renditions of it, but it's of Mary, a young woman, putting her hand on and comforting Eve, another young woman. Because Mary's offspring is now rescuing Eve's offspring. And that good news is something that we declare like the shepherds did. As we join those angelic choirs in giving God praise for his wondrous works. And then we also join Mary in treasuring up and storing up those signs of God's goodness in our hearts. As we wait for the light to be fully revealed. There are places where we still see injustice in our own lives. Uh, and in the world around us, there are places that we still feel bound by sin. Um, and then, you know, just the reminder that the pandemic is not over. Like there is a lot of darkness out there that we see. And in the times where the darkness feels overwhelming, we're invited to entrust ourselves to the God who loves us, who sent his son, his son to be born and to die for us. This is the good news of Christmas, where Christ is the light entering the world. So we can look for the gestures of God's goodness. Uh, we can treasure them up in our hearts, knowing that the light of God has come. And even where it's only dim, that dimness is the promise that brighter light is going to still shine. Mary and the fruit of her womb comforted Eve and her children. And then a new day began when Christ was born. Jesus is the dawn of the new day. He's the promise that all things are going to be made new. And in the manger in Bethlehem lay the light of the world. So let's join Mary and the shepherds uh, this afternoon and ponder even as we rejoice. Praise God. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Alleluia. Let me pray for us. Almighty God, you have poured upon us the new light of your incarnate word. Grant that this light kindled in our hearts may shine forth in our lives through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.